I love flubber. Little, as little a flubber kid. joke. It's really disappointing. Someone found a solvent and just flubber's gone now. <laughs> I think it's just flubber. I think that's our answer. It's final not. final answer is flubber. Flubber at HubSpot. Fubbing? Yeah. Fubbing. I'm fubbing up on you. No. <laughs> that's not it. Fubbed myself this morning. <laughs> that's definitely not it. Tatch and Tequila. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tech and Tequila, the podcast where we talk about the week's tech news, use it as an excuse to do some midweek drinking here at the office. We're recording this on Wednesday, September 27th in downtown Chicago. My name is Jacob Rudnick. I'm a research editor here at G2 Crowd, which is the world's top B2B software and services review site. I'm joined, as always, by the same three other members from our research team. Uh, guys, last week we went straight from taking shots over to Whirly Ball. Uh, Kara, how did that treat you? Uh, I scored a goal, so that was pretty sweet. Uh, I'm literally still covered in bruises, though. Yeah, My yeah. legs all over. I don't, I don't know if anybody else experienced that or if it was just me, um, but it was intense. I've got a I've got a bruise in the lower stomach from I think the seatbelt. Mm. Uh, that happened still. to me too. I'm all around the my knees and thighs. Not kidding. I woke up and just thought I had I don't know. I was like, do I have cancer? I'm not sure what this is. Like I have a a bump, and a, and remembered that we played whirly ball. So should I be concerned that I haven't bruised in years? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. I, That's the, good fortune. It probably means you have a lot of iron in your blood right if you bruise easily and you're in ne- you could potentially be anemic and that's what like, you bruise really easily so if you don't okay. you probably have a lot of iron it's a high iron count yeah uh and that was aaron walker who doesn't <laughs> bruise <laughs> at all uh aaron other than having no bruises how did you feel the next morning i did, i felt pretty good actually i slept in a little and uh just kind of took my time getting in but um it wasn't bad you took off Youth. a little early too you yeah. left a little bit earlier than some of us who definitely stayed too long your youthdom is just that really shined there, I'd yeah. say. Uh, you showed yeah, your age. My mature in a instinct pos- to go home early saved me. I wow. felt awful. Uh, I did too. I had me whiplash. <laughs> like my shoulders hurt. Whiplash. I got to work at 245 in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole research team was a bunch of zombies, and I was the zombiest of them all. Uh, Rob, you're kind of feeling that way. Rob Light, what's up? Why are you so groggy today? Just playing a little hurt. Yeah. You know. Um, but I'll get through it. I'm not injured. I will uh, persevere. You took a took a drink and perked up. I saw the eyes. Yeah, a little flicker. It's the hair of the dog, man. Perfect. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's how we're all doing. Uh, I brought in something for us to drink: um, a Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc. Am I saying that correctly? Kara? Yeah, I like that you just put on like a little bit of the accent. I don't even know if that's correct at all. Uh, it's a 2016. Blanc, yeah. Uh, from Marlboro, is that how you would say yeah. that? Okay. Um, Where's Marlboro at? Sure. Uh, it's from New Zealand's famous Marlboro region. So, mm-hmm. a little New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, so, we're going to review that at the end of the podcast, as we always do. Um, also, coming up for you, we've got Shot for Shot. We've got a training and onboarding for the first time in a while. We're also trying out two new segments at the end, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, first, this is the part of the podcast where Rob reads off the bottle of tequila because we decided that we're going to take a shot before each and every single episode. So, Rob, what's on the bottle today? What are we drinking? So, we're drinking Jose Cuervo. Um, they're very proud to honor the legacy of Jose. 
who founded the distillery and a place that I really want to go now, the magical town of Tequila, Mexico. Oh, I, there, know I did not know that thing. there was a town called Tequila, but it is in Jalisco. And uh, I think we should probably do a road trip for the pod and go to Tequila, Mexico Ooh, and record the pod from there. Is Jalisco not a little rough right now? I think it's south. I think it's like pretty far south. I could be incorrect. There's a lot of travel warnings lately. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. We need to watch ourselves. I'm going to not Jalisco, but the state over next month. Hmm. Mexico City. Let us know how safe it is. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's t- let's take that shot, guys. Uh, cheers to another episode. Woo. I can't watch Rob right now. Oh, that one got me today. Uh, so that was a lukewarm mm. shot of Jose. Yep. It was. Rob is breathing out Rob. very quickly. I anyway, we're on Rob. to our first segment. It's called What Were They Drinking? Oh, I just can't. <laughs> Rob looks rough. I left a little bit in mine, so it's I took like a second sip, but it just felt like it's all taste. a drip of medicine. Ugh. I love scotch. Scotchy scotch scotch. Sweet vermouth rocks with a twist, please. I'll have a margarita. Apple teeny, please. Easy on the teeny. No problem, lady. So anyway, in What Were They Drinking, we look at some of the biggest tech news of the week, and uh, one member of the pod lets us know what all the parties involved were drinking when uh, that story went down. First up, as Rob recovers, we have an article from TechCrunch titled, The NFL Partners with Facebook to Distribute Game Highlights and Recaps on the Social Network. Rob, Facebook and the NFL, who's drinking, what are they drinking? So uh, I'm going to go ahead, and, and instead of explaining it first, I'm going to start off with the drink, the beverage of choice. Facebook was drinking Bud Light because it's on brand for the NFL. Um, protect the shield. Yeah, protect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Facebook and the NFL agreed to a multi-year programming deal. Um, it's going to distribute official NFL video, game recaps, highlights um, on the Facebook platform. Um, I think that this is uh, just kind of a stepping stone to the future of what it's going to be. Um, I'm kind of surprised. I, I know Twitter had rights to certain NFL games. I think Amazon outbid them to, to put it on Prime. Um, if I'm somebody like Apple, who has $260 billion in cash lying around, why not just spend 10 of it on and just corner the market? You know what I mean? Like an, an actuality and just only put it on Apple TVs or something like that. I think that there's tons of potential to do that. Uh, Networks do it now, right? Like for Monday night games, there's a huge bidding war, and ESPN has the rights to Monday night games. Now, CBS and Fox have the rights to Sunday games, but I think it's in the future when those companies are not as powerful or as watched as some of these uh, new age platforms will be. Um, I think that the bidding's going to come down to companies like Apple, Facebook, Amazon um, to stream all games. Um, I think it's going to totally change the way that um, people digest football. But I also think that um, it's going to be extraordinarily lucrative for the National Football League. I know Goodell has been tasked with uh, getting their revenue up to $20 billion a year. I think it's at $10 billion right now. And he keeps guaranteeing the owners that that uh, he'll get there to 20 And I think that this is one way to do it, is to sign deals with these um, new platforms. Is Facebook planning to charge for this, or is this just available to anyone who's a member, or how does that work? Because a lot of the stuff with the NFL Network right now and with the NFL is, like, 
pay, you have to pay extra for it, right? It's all at a premium. How did Twitter do it last year? They had free games. But they're selling the ads between the commercials. Yeah, yeah. normal mm-hmm. games. So it's just okay. working as a game like Fox, right? But you're you're making your money there. And since Facebook or Twitter has more potential than like a local CBS station or NBC or whatever, um, potentially there's a lot of people watching a lot of ad revenue. That makes sense. I think especially to me, as people are cutting the cord more and more, it's interesting to have different platforms that could share this similar content um, without you having to rely on having cable. Twitter had like a, I don't know, some college volleyball game yesterday, and I didn't watch it at all. But it's interesting. It popped up in the bottom Mm. right the second I logged into Twitter. and it could get you there, right? Like, or if you weren't doing anything and you have, you're wanting, you're just wanting to relax or watch something, like it's just there. Um, and so the NFL has more pull than like a college volleyball game, but people do it, obviously. I'd be kind of um, curious because like Amazon, it makes sense because you have Prime, which can be on Roku, Chromecast, like any kind of medium. But like besides Apple TV, what do they really have to deliver this? I mean, nothing. I mean, but you can't watch football now if you don't have a TV or cable service, right? It's a similar cost, yeah. and you know what I mean? Like if... I mooch off my... My parents have television cable. I just have a Roku TV, so I can get, like, ESPN app, and, like, I pay for Amazon Prime, but... To me, maybe if, if Facebook is looking to kind of get into this space and be broadcasting, maybe they'll end up partnering with a Chromecast, with the Roku, stuff like that, to have their own app um, where people can access yeah. their content. And if you're Facebook, you're just keeping eyeballs on your site, right? Like you're, you want people to come in for all the advertising dollars. That's where, not just in the, within the game, but across the platform, totally. So getting more people just to stay there. Like between commercials, you're just scrolling through Facebook. Seems obvious, right? Like you're just yeah. getting longer time on page. Yeah. You're worth more. I can see ex- any social platform, really. Yeah. Anything with like a interactive medium. The exposure is a huge thing for the NFL, especially worldwide with how many users they have. One last thing, though, I'm surprised Netflix has never got involved with any of this stuff. Mm. I think it would yeah, be an interesting real. play. That would be cool. Cause Very everybody interesting. Because they don't do live. They've gone into sports uh, documentaries and stuff, and so has Amazon. They've, they've invested in sports content but not the live stuff, but it could be a logical next step going forward for any of those companies. Uh, We're going to move on to our second, what were they drinking? Uh, This article is from the New York Times. It's titled, Trying to Stem Fallout from Breach, Equifax Replaces CEO. Aaron, uh, so his name is Richard F. Smith. He's no longer the CEO of Equifax. Uh, Who was drinking? What were they drinking? Um, Yes, the CEO himself was for um, maybe a week or so drinking some hard grain alcohol because it's cheap and he was losing a lot of money. But a couple of days ago, he woke up, felt like crap, and drank a cup of coffee and just walked away. He's still got $18 million out of it. That's the crazy part to me. That's his parachute. He's he's clearly blown it, right? And he's quote-unquote retiring, they say. But obviously he's getting pushed out after yeah. the whole debacle with the breach. But he's still getting $18 million for doing basically a really shitty job. I don't get it. It's, yeah. That's what being a CEO is, right? A CEO of a big company. Do you guys remember the Wells Fargo? This isn't tech, but yep. when they had all the, they fired, you know, a thousand employees uh, for the fraudulent accounts or yep. like extra account type thing. And, you know, they all those Senate hearings and or Congress hearings that people were like, what is going on? They're not even being charged. They're not, they're still getting to keep their millions and millions of dollars and bonuses, right? Like that's eventually they, they didn't, but 
that's part of being a CEO. Like there's no re- there's no repercussion beyond losing your job, which is a repercussion, but it, keeping eighteen million dollars in this case is crazy. Yeah, if I had eighteen million dollars, I wouldn't want to work. Like, well, good, I don't have to have a job anymore. Yeah, Thank I mean, you. Half the country lost. You literally their... like buy a damn island with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like chill, and I'm sure he has a lot more than that. Like, it's not just that eighteen million. It's all them because he's been CEO for yeah, almost a decade. Yeah, and I'm sure he has equity or... in like so many other companies because he's literally a. Trade yeah, probably <laughs> invested well. Also, Equifax's stock is back up. It's rallied 15 really? points since. Yeah, I bet you it'll lows. Lo- not to be a stock man, but like I don't think it'll return to its once glory. No, ever. But but I think people saw it at 92 when it was just at 145. Well, that's yeah. get in. the normal people. It'll level off somewhere between there. And that's, buys, a, that's like a decent investment. Like someone that. buys back right when it's at its its low, and somebody made money on that. So. uh Jim That's Cranes. just how it goes. Smart economic. <laughs> <laughs> that got care of pretty good. Uh, we're on to our third and final What Were They Drinking? Uh, this article from the LA Times. Uh, titled, Hoping to Bring VR to the Multiplex, AMC joins Spielberg in uh, backing Culver City startup. Uh, Kara, what are they Indiana Jonesing for? Uh, hang on. <laughs> hang on here. So maybe some E.T. Uh, so cape, a Cape Beer. It's a Cape Fear <laughs> reference. Uh, Johnny Walker Blues Brothers. That's my dad. Ooh. You ever seen Cape Fear? Was that a Spielberg movie? Yeah. yeah. I've seen Blues the, Brothers the, was uh, a Spielberg? Yeah. Oh, Simpsons ripoff of it, too. Uh, the Land Before Closing Time. Nice. Like uh, it. The Keep Color going. Purple Drink. Nice. Uh, a Tropicana Twister. Wait. Also, was what, Twister Spielberg do? Yeah. Was it Dang, Cape, well, Cape Fear a Scorsese movie? Uh, yeah, I thought so, too. Well, and I assume that's correct. He's probably a producer. I assume he was on there somewhere. Uh, vodka and Monster House. I don't know Monster House. Okay. Hmm. Uh, An American Ale. That's a reference to American Tale. A little cartoon. Five Goes Another West. Mouse. Yeah. Oh, I love uh, that. Transformers Dark Dark of the Blue Moon. Shout out Rob and his first sip of alcohol Ooh. this morning. <laughs> the Adventures of Jin Jin. Ooh, Ooh. that's didn't come up with that one. Uh, Austin Powers and Goldschlager. See, like, that's a price to me. More. That's a Spielberg. Like, these that's are confusing. Okay, go no. to Wikipedia. These are, like, his producer. Yeah. He's honest. He's, he's says he directed Cape Fear. But we were, it's, yeah. we're not saying he's director. He's just affiliated in I some way. I didn't say. I kept it out because I didn't want to do more research. I like it. Keep rolling. Uh, did he maybe say, uh, bartender, make it a double dare? <laughs> double dare. Uh, finally. <laughs> yes, we maybe got Maybe before. <laughs> uh, you already should check Schindler's wine list. Poor taste, but delicious. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, that was. Uh, uh, I don't know how to follow that up, but let's roll. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna start similar to Rob. I'm gonna jump right into the story, and then uh, we'll we'll hit what they were drinking at the end once you have some context. Um, so a VR startup uh, called Dreamscape Immersive has announced that they received 20 million dollars in Series B funding led by AMC, which is the biggest movie theater chain uh, in the world, I learned. They already have gotten a lot of funding from Warner Brothers, 21st Century Fox, MGM, IMAX, uh, and Steven Spielberg is involved in the funding as well. So some big, big heavy hitters in the movie space, movie making space, and movie screening space um, that they're getting support from. The interesting thing is that they're not making movies for VR necessarily, but they're creating 
experiences for people that will exist in movie theaters. So it's supposed to be interactive. Basically, you go to the theater um, and interact with Dreamscape's content with about five or six other people at the exact same time. Uh, everyone appears as a full-sized avatar, and you go through this experience together. Uh, you have headsets, sensors on your feet and on your hands, um, so you can move and interact and have this kind of experience. Chances are that they're going to be movie-themed or tied into a film that's been released, but it's not like you're watching a movie through VR. It's like you're having this experience. Which is kind of cool. I think it's a smart move by Spielberg, who is obviously uh, based on all of Jake's references uh, and his just filmography in general, uh, kind of always been an innovator and on the, the next level of what he can push and what he can do with film or with the medium of kind of visual art. Um, so with that, I think that Spielberg and Dreamscape and anyone who's participating in these VR experiences is um, chugging down some absinthe, not the fake stuff you have when you study abroad, some but like wormwood. the real, yeah, that real wormwood. Because um, you have this moment where you feel like you're hallucinating and like this out of body kind of experience that you're getting taken somewhere new, getting something like a little weird, um, and you and all your buddies go through it together because you're like, ah, let's take some shots of absinthe, Different or experience. hey, let's uh, put on these VR headsets and get weird. Uh, and then after it's over, you're like, what the hell happened? But I think this is cool. Um, Rob, you're a big movie guy. Do you think, like, would you do this? Yeah, I think it's like a natural evolution, right? I mean, from silent movies to movies with sound to movies with color to 3D film. I think it's all just kind of a natural progression. I suppose I would. Um, I've honestly never worn a VR headset. It also it's sounds. Intense. It sounds a lot more like a video game than a movie. Yeah, I agree. It depends on like the. I would have to experience it. I can't even like begin to judge it or determine whether or not. Like I would do it. I would. I would watch it. For me, I'm not um, such like a huge fangirl of any series. Really, um, I have things that I, I like a lot and, and movie uh, franchises that I'm into, but I'm not like a huge fangirl about anything. But can you imagine if? I don't know, you're like a super huge Avengers fan and all of a sudden you and your friends could be interacting in their world, interacting with these characters and having that moment. Like I understand the appeal of it and I can see really easily how studios would want to tie their movies with these interactive experiences. I get that. Um, it also reminds me of there's like a, I mean, there's like a hardcore Henry and this other military movie that I forgot what it was, but they're like POV, point yeah. of view um, mm -hmm. movies. They didn't really play out that well. I mean, they, I don't think they made money. They were, like, 3D. It was cool. It wasn't as interactive. It wasn't the, like, pick-your-own-journey type thing. But, like, I don't know. It didn't seem like something that... I don't know. To me, like, I agree with that. I don't know if it's necessarily, like, a big moneymaker. But imagine it's, like, a big premiere of some huge franchise movie. Like, the next Star Wars movie that comes out. And you have people who are lined up around the block. And you could get those people to pay... $15 a piece extra to be going through this experience so or people go through this experience and it makes them engage with the movie and with the characters like I think that there's a lot of benefit there of capturing people like in a different fun way that mm. would be like a tack on or an add on and that's why having it with if it was potentially in theaters like in AMC theaters that could be a really like lucrative thing for them just kind of 
<clears throat> this is different because it's a physical thing versus like Facebook where you're just trying to keep someone on. But to go to that point again, AMC just wants you to be there using their things, right? Yeah. So uh, VR has potential to like keep people before or after or whatever else. Like I like the Star Wars uh, mm -hmm. example because if people are waiting anyway and you give them this experience, you're offering something else, right? You're yep. giving them additional content beyond and keeping them in AMC, keeping them wanting to go to these theaters versus other theaters, but also like keeping around longer, getting more snacks, getting yeah. more whatever else. Well, right? yeah, with the snacks, right? Like theaters like are snacks. going into that more like high level experience anyways, where they have bars and you can oh, get like movie dinner. Cup? And exactly. Like there's a lot of theaters that are doing more and more of that, especially like in Chicago, it's super popular. I'd assume other cities are the same. Um, so if, yeah, if you could get someone to come an hour and a half early, do this VR experience, have dinner, have a couple drinks, then go see the movie, I think it could be huge for a company like AMC. They're just trying to make, instead of just having you for the 90 minutes of a movie, they're just trying to continually keep you there and give yep. you reasons to be there beyond a movie because movies aren't making what they used to. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anybody had real uh, absence before? I don't yeah, know. I have. I studied abroad. I, I bought a bottle and smuggled it back to the U.S. Uh, her name was France. Uh, I studied abroad in Spain, actually. But I bought the absinthe. <laughs> I bought the absinthe in France. And then I brought it home. I also drank absinthe in France. I don't know if it was legit, but I got weird that night. Uh, ended up not knowing where I was compared to my hotel. It was raining, couldn't get a cab, and, I, like, walked home. It was huh. one of the worst nights ever, but it was also really fun. You yeah, survived? I, I went to an absinthe bar in Prague and uh, definitely got weird. I but I always I, get weird. Like, I don't yeah, know if I buy I, that it was the absinthe. I don't, I don't think that it was, <laughs> like, hallucinogenic necessarily, but uh, definitely a lot of alcohol content. Yeah, you get fricked up. Yeah, you do. Uh, let's go on to our next segment. <laughs> After that, uh, and I also, as I was grabbing my Sauvignon Blanc, spilled it, spilled it on my pants, so... <laughs> Uh, full disclosure here. Uh, so this is Buzzwords. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Nobody understands it, but everybody wants in. In this segment, I find obscure tech buzzwords or jargon, and everyone else does their best to figure out what those terms mean. Uh, these terms, these are terms I found on techopedia.com, per usual, though I'm gonna have to start branching out, I think, because we're running through them. Uh, this one, this first one, guys, I feel like you might know, so I will drink, if you do. But what is a propeller head? Um, it's a music beat tool. Uh, propeller head. It, they, um, I can make beats on it. I don't know what you call it. I feel like that's not what Jake was going It is for. not what I have written down here. It may be a software tool or of hardware. What are you describing? Um, it's like a synthesizer kind of. but uh, It's like a looper, but it also has samples in it. I Mine think, would be I think I'm thinking of a thing. different propeller head. Yeah. I still like it. Do you know, Rob? Um, no. So there is a music uh, production, Propeller Head. Uh, the first that one that not, comes up when you Google it. That's fine. Uh, it's not what I found on techopedia.com. So in tech jargon, uh, what is Propeller, propeller Head? I mean, Two words. My guess off the bat would be it has a propeller looks like a fan, right? So it has something to do with like a fan in a computer or a fan in a server room or something like that that is... Uh, spinning around to blow air and keep things cooled so nothing overheats. That's my that's my two cents on the propeller if head. I was to say a person was a propeller head. Oh, a dummy with a stupid hat with a spinny thing on top. Is that real? That is a 
thing. That is a thing. But what, who would you be describing? What would that? A, a propeller head. So, okay, so like realistically, the propeller is spinning and it makes the boat go. So, or the plane, whichever uh, way you'd like to go there. Don't discriminate so, against the. Yeah, I mean, by land or air or sea, people. whatever. Um, so it's probably in that case, I'd say like person who's uh, keeping things going, right, and moving things along and pushing forward. But I don't know for real. I still have my figure propeller head uh, digital synth app. That's so bad. You okay? Are... That was one sample. Rob, do you have a guess or are assemble we a beat for out you right here? Now? Yeah. Can we max it out. So I think I know what it is. I believe that it is a. Uh, kind of drill that somebody puts on their head nope. and then burrows their way into the earth. You know what I'm talking about? Like the way that like a huge nice. like boring machine would. You know what I'm talking about as if that is a thing that yeah. I feel like that's the, the most hole, cartoon thing. The borehole. Yeah. Inspector Gadget might have had that. It might have been real. It's know. not an Inspector Gadget thing. thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Kara's right. On it I was right? Being, no. And oh. <laughs> Rob not being correct, I suppose. Oh. Uh, so small win. Cool. But a propeller head is an urban slang term for someone who is exceptionally knowledgeable, especially in the tech field. Mm. Uh, this slang has become synonymous with computer geek or techno geek. Propeller head was first used in 1982. and is still used in technology development companies and organizations. The term was taken from cartoon characters of techie fans who happen to wear a child's beanie cap with a propeller sticking out at the top ah, of it. So Aaron's the knowledge of pop culture was there, but Didn't transferring it to tech Distracted by sweet beats also. Yeah. <laughs> when it was first coined, Aaron was negative 12. Um, <laughs> no comment. And our second buzzed word this time, it's a fubbing. P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. Fubbing. Ooh. Here's that P hubbing. I'm gonna be yeah P hubbing. <laughs> All right, that's, that's it. It's P hubbing. Carrie, <laughs> yeah. you really enjoyed that one, uh, guys. What's a P hubbing or fubbing? Rob, I'm looking at you, and I don't know why. Well, like flubbing is like lying, right? Like if you like, I flubbed. Or you like that was a Robin something Williams up. movie, I believe. Flubber. Flubber. R.I.P. Mm. Uh, I know. <laughs> it hit me hard too. I still yeah. haven't read the Rolling Stone. Uh, it's tough. Nice thing is, if it hits you, it just bounces it off. Oh, I love flubber. Little, as little a flubber kid. joke. It's really disappointing. Right, Someone right. found a solvent and just flubber's gone now. <laughs> I think it's just flubber. I think that's our answer. It's yeah. Final final answer is flubber. Flubber at HubSpot. Fubbing. Yeah. Fubbing. I'm fubbing up on you. No, <laughs> that's not it. Fubbed myself this morning. <laughs> that's definitely not it. Fubbing. <laughs> It is an Fubbing action. It is an action <laughs> verb. It is something that you are doing. Certainly. Uh, <laughs> am I the only one who's gonna actually try to figure uh, out? This no, I'm thinking. Uh, okay, thank you. Rob's done. <laughs> we broke Rob. <laughs> we broke Rob. <laughs> Literally rubbing his face. I'm fubbing, just fubbing my temples. <laughs> I think sounds messy. I don't could it have <laughs> something to do with fishing, which also starts with a ph? Ooh. Are you? Is it? Does it have to do with like cleaning up after you get fished? Like scrubbing the fishing? Yeah, scrubbing the fishing. I don't know. That Aaron, like actually makes some sort of. Does it have anything to do with Boy? removing uh, carbon particles from the atmosphere? 
Probably not. We're going. I see no carbon in this scrubbing. Nope. We gotta go with. I the don't fub. know what flub is. Is, it, is there an L? L? No. Oh, I was thinking flubbing the whole time. Jake, we're no, hopeless. PH. Hopeless. Ubbing fubbing, uh, guys. It's a term created by the combination of the words phone and snubbing. Oh. It refers to a person interacting with their phone or other device rather than interacting with a human being. Uh, the use of this and other terms around mobile device use showcases a growing issue with different kinds of technology, including the delicate balance of sharing time and attention when facing two very different interactions at the same time. As Kara pointed to Rob. He's just giggling. Uh, just so I'm imagining that it's a combination of phone and clubbing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's people who just like conference call and they just like bump, 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 Yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> Pause over. We just sang. Honest, honestly, for me, though, like that seems like a term that is made up for a story when people are like, oh, millennials are killing everything. Like that's it would be. Yeah, we totally are. Um, but that seems like it's that kind of thing, right? You're like, why are you napkins? trying to like coin something? Are we killing it's napkins? It's not going to catch on. Yeah, we just use our pants. Yeah, frick napkins. I don't need that. What? Frick napkins. Kill napkins. Yeah. Uh, well, that's buzzed words, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Yours are weird. We're moving, on. <laughs> We're moving on to a, uh, a new segment. Uh, it's one that Rob's wanted to do for a while. It's called Circle Back. Oh, Rob's sitting I up. I thought this, this was mine. Pretty... No, not this time. We'll go uh, so we've got Circle Back. It's a brand new segment for you in Circle Back. We'll revisit something we predicted in a previous episode uh, and see what has actually happened. Uh, this one might have been a little bit of a layup, Kara called out, but in a previous episode, we talked about Apple uh, and iPhone uh, demand. So here's what we said previously. You can start pre-ordering sometime in October, but the, it's not you can't actually get it till November 3rd, so I think that might have been partially the reason for the stock dip. But people were blaming this, the price of the phone. I just don't think that that's a reality. I think people are going to go out and buy this in droves, and it's going to be crazy. Yeah. I mean, you, how, how many people have the iPhone Plus, which is bigger and more expensive than... And does the exact same thing as... Yeah, screen. I feel like people have complained about every iPhone price since it's gone up. Yeah, like, and yeah. everybody still buys one, so yeah. I think it's genius. I've said before, but I worked at AT&T and did like some of those Apple like, launch days, and you'd have 50 people waiting outside your store, even at a not busy store. Mm-hmm. Um, they're crazy. People love Apple products. They're easy to use. It doesn't yeah. matter what they are. All right, so there were reports this week that Apple shares bounced back after Raymond James, uh, quote, sees surprising demand for iPhone X. Uh, Rob, you got a hot take on this one? Yeah, I just don't know why the demand is surprising. Like, it, the, it, the stock got pushed down, right, due to due whatever... To. <laughs> due to whatever unforeseen circumstances after their, you know, big launch event. And then now... It's lower and it's going to continue to rise to even higher levels due to surprising demand for the iPhone 10. What we all knew that everybody was going to come out in droves to purchase the iPhone 10. It's the most advanced. It's the most. It's the coolest one. Well, frankly. it's the most advanced iPhone. Yes. I just. To, it is silly. It's honestly, I'm kind of annoyed with myself that maybe I didn't invest in Apple stock because I feel like if you look historically back at every Apple launch event. And it's covered every year. There is a ton of anticipation before the event. Everyone gets super amped up. They launch the actual event. It happens. Everyone gets a little depressed or is like a little let down or things aren't as innovative as I wanted. And so stocks drop. Shares drop. 
and it price sorry you distracted me oh sorry no i was just gonna say pre-iphone or once they announced the iphone 7 stock went down three percent in the following days yeah it's like it's it's like a consistent thing right there's they announce i don't know if people have higher expectations or whatever but stock prices go down and so then the product actually comes out it launches everybody and their mom buys it and stock launches right back up so like I know that stock fluctuates, especially with Apple, but like if you're gonna buy, like the right time is probably after they have a launch event, like probably that evening or the next day. Yeah, I just don't understand why an investment banker analyst, who is their job is to determine, you know, predictions of stocks, has to be surprised by this. Like, where, what about this is shocking? Is it though, or is it just like that's like buzzy to write an article about that it's like so shocking? Sell, sell, sell. It's, a, it's kind of in their interest to be like fake surprise, right? They can still make money and say it's surprising. I don't think that that's that crazy. And they but probably the, invested the, uh, when it was low. The paranoid person to me says like, people that make money know this is coming, sell the, oh my gosh, this isn't gonna be worthwhile. So the common person sells their Apple stock. I mean, prices go down. They jump in. They make their money, right? Like it's. That's what I, I don't think. Know, rich I think day it's richer, all much hype. Little conspiracy theory, right there. Uh, I, I, don't, I can't say I know the economics behind it, but it feels like they could easily manipulate because they have the press's ear. They have the ability to control the messaging, and Apple's the king of marketing, right? Or queen? I don't want to need. There you go, baby. Um, to me, it, it feels like the fantasy football expert who says like Brady's done this year. You know what I mean? Like every year there's one guy who before the season is like, no, nah, Brady's not going to do Eventually great Eventually that season. guy will be right. Maybe one day, but... The we, Spurs are done. But yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing as that. If you're looking for like hype or press or whatever though, to, there's always value in being that like contrarian and being that person who's like, everyone's all about it and you're the one guy or the one company that's having like that... Because everyone who hates Apple will Google that. Well, let's try to yeah. find clickbait, your right? article. It's a clickbait. So, it's like it's catchy. People want to know why. Why shouldn't I get this phone? And then they see that the reasons are bullshit, and then they still buy the phone. I yeah. like that we're a conspiracy theory podcast now. Conspiracy theory that uh, it's strictly about clicks for yep. for a website. Uh, it's strictly about making money for uh, investors. Uh, and Apple has a reason to do it, right? They just. They make it's a little underdog story for Apple, despite them not being the underdog. Would you be shocked if Apple gave a little kickback to the naysayers who promoted the fact that the iPhone, the newest iPhone, sucked, and then people go to the site and realize like, oh, those aren't actually things that I have an issue with. Like, I still want this phone. Like, I'm on board with the conspiracy. Perfect. Well, I I also think that all the people who are going to go buy the iPhone are not like the people who came out and said like the iPhone's not going to be awesome are just Apple haters right and I mean there are so many more people who are loyal to the brand than there are Apple haters and then it's divided anyway so it doesn't yeah. really yeah. matter those people aren't buying it anyway the people who are loyalists are buying it no matter what um, on my note yes it fell after the 7 but the days after pretty much every other announcement of their phones it went up a little mm, interesting let's move on on that note. So they skip eight and nine, or did they? Was there an iPhone eight? Was there an iPhone eight? What do you guys got? Um, there. The, so the new one that was just launched that you can buy the now X10. is the eight. Oh. No, so it's the eight and the eight S. Okay. That's the one that just came out. The ten, uh, which you might also see written as X, but is actually ten. Uh, I believe is coming out in the coming months. It hasn't launched yet, nice. but uh, is soon months. to come this year. <laughs> nice. Uh, 
hate fubbing each. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you. I understand. Yeah. That. So I have I have a six. I'm I'm behind the times. I have a six. If you guys have the I most have a recent ish one, you probably way. have a seven. I had to look it up. Uh, and I, then they like, just launched the eight like a week or two ago. Okay. Cool. Eight Thank and eight you. S. And then the the ten is coming. But I looked Again. it up because I literally I don't remember like once you have the phone for a long time. Doesn't matter. There's it's small differences honestly if you look between the different ones. It's I how think, you use the phone anyway. If you take crappy pictures, no, that's actually true, despite the dick joke. <laughs> like, if you take crappy pictures, they're going to look like shit anyway. Yeah, I will say, though, 7 and 8 um, both have better camera setups than the 6. They both allow you to do that, um, I don't know if it's called portrait, portrait mode. mode. Yeah, where you kind of get, like, those depth shots that are similar to if you like were if able to... you're using a long lens to take someone's portrait, you get the depth of field. Yeah, you get the depth of field. Yeah, you get the depth of field. The blurry background. Yeah. Which are actually cool, and they do look noticeably different my camera on my six i feel like sucks um and so i think that's one of the big differences i think the 10 is probably the most innovative step that they've taken in terms of like actually changing their phone uh when you look at the screen that basically goes all the way to the edges um no home button better cameras things like that like they that's where the biggest changes come but yeah otherwise if you look at the ones that have existed in the past three four iterations not a lot of change in my mind on the note of photos, you can follow us on Instagram at Tech and Tequila. We have an Instagram now? <laughs> nice. Moving well, on. Okay. <laughs> Twitter at Tech and Tequila because I have been taking pictures tonight and I am going to post them. Uh, I won't be in any of them because I'm on the opposite side of the table, but the boys will be out in full force. So, Picks out for the boys. Uh, moving on to our next segment. This one's programming. What in the hell's diversity? We know what mansplaining is. Mansplaining is when a man will condescendingly explain something to a woman that she already knows. Oh, man, am I a woman? In programming, Kara gets the opportunity to start a conversation with the boys, B-O-I-S, boys, about things women face in the workplace. Kara, what do you have for us this week? What do you want to talk about? Um, now that I have the floor really quickly before I jump into it, um, is anyone not going to drink their wine? Because I'd prefer to drink wine you instead of skip to beer. Are beer? you Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't really like it that much. I'll save it for the review, but... Ruining the content. Is this Sorry a... about no, that. Yeah, yeah, you need a bottle of beer for that bad boy, too. Um, okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay, to narrate, Aaron just pops a. Did you uh, that before? No, a that was amazing. Two. A three one two bottle popped it with a lighter because we're trash and we don't have a bottle opener. It went up, hit the ceiling. It off my face. <laughs> hit his face, ricocheted up to the ceiling, and landed in the recycling bin on the opposite side it of the hit room. hit the rim of the recycling bin, hit the wall, then back into the recycling bin. I wish I recorded Honestly, that. That, was, that was incredible. That was the hottest content we'll ever have that we'll never have available for all That's of our the listeners. best podcast. That was amazing. <laughs> I wish you could have seen it. I'm... <gasps> Sorry, I also, I also knocked over my shot glass and I gasp at everything. So I'm sorry. Um, all right, let's roll. Sorry, I'm making a mess. Uh, let's roll with programming, boys. Um, so this week there was something interesting in the news. I feel like a lot of my programmings lately have been inspired by newsy things that are going on. Um, but this past week, an article from the New York Times was released uh, that was aiming to expose, quote, a fringe element of men's rights activists. I will say it again, men's rights activists who say women are ruining the tech world, uh, unquote. 
what's there to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) The article included quotes from uh, James Damore, who you've heard about on our pod before. He was the one who wrote the big Google anti-diversity memo. We talked about him for a couple weeks um, because it was very, very hot and uh, contentious in the news. Uh, And then they also included, the article also included uh, quotes and information from a number of, again, I quote, men's rights activists uh, from Silicon Valley. Uh, Basically, the article was these men speaking out against the women in tech movement, saying that men are now being discriminated against as companies try to compensate to give women more opportunities in the workplace. Um, There was one section that spoke to me particularly where uh, there were two men who worked at Yahoo who sued the company for gender discrimination and their lawyer was quoted in the article as saying, I quote, no eyebrows are going to rise if a woman heads up fashion, but we're talking about women staffing positions, things like autos, where it cannot be explained other than manipulation, end quote. So he's basically saying there's no logical way that a woman could head the automotive section of Yahoo and write about cars or lead people to write about cars. Uh, and there, the only explanation is that crazy discriminatory practices are at hand because how could a woman be interested in cars? I'd like to point out that uh, also this week, really quickly before I let you guys chime in, uh, Fortune released their list of most powerful women. Number one was GM CEO Mary Barra, <laughs> head of GM, a automotive company, <laughs> is a woman. Wow. What do you guys think about that, though? Is it, One, is there is there a legitimate place for men's right activists? Are we taking this too far? Am I pushing this too hard where you guys are being infringed upon because I'm trying to make a better place for women in the tech space? I think it's important. Uh, Kara showed us that clip from Parks and Rec right before. Uh, let's play it right now. But it's the men's rights, and it's uh, it's pretty spot on to what's going on. Now pack your suitcases because we're going to a little town called Napoli in Free Italy. Free and white. Free and white. Excuse Free me. Free me from what? From the tyranny of women. We are the male men. We are a men's rights activist group, and we are fed up. I'm sorry, what's happening now? Behind every successful woman is a man she has oppressed. First, Leslie Nope poaches her husband's campaign by making it all about her. Now she's forcing him to bake pies and enter a contest for her? Oh, wait, excuse me. I'm not forcing him to do anything. He loves to cook. Yeah, he has... Five personalized aprons. Oh, so I guess he was asking for it because of the way he was dressed? We are sick and tired of this feminized society. Men have had a very rough go of it for just recently, and it ends now. Number one favorite thing about that clip, they're called the mailmen, which I think is really hilarious. Like M-A-L-E? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're the mailmen. I thought they were, they're also like meninists. Are they? There's like an R slash meninism. It's literally dedicated to men's rights. It's stupid as shit. People are complaining about like, I don't know, not being allowed to be masculine. And by being masculine, they mean like grabbing ass and just like being pieces of shit. Well, I, I don't know that I that's that. necessarily. Why can't we do that anymore? I'm just kidding. I, I don't know that's, that's really necessarily the same, but I do think that that ties in a little bit, right? Like this is specifically looking at the idea of men and women in the workplace. 
But I do think that as like feminist movements gain steam and gain ground in the more mainstream, I think it's now more mainstream and accepted than ever to be a feminist as a man or a woman. Um, but there's there are those like counter factions that say by having those beliefs and pushing for women's rights um, or in the case of like race, pushing for the rights of people of in who are minorities that we are then infringing upon the rights of others it's anyone like the else the reverse racism thing it's like oh you're you're doing all this stuff my kid can't get to school because of uh, whatever equal opportunity program oh i remember you know going i went to high school in in michigan and the university of michigan was like well known for affirmative action mm-hmm. um and courts rule they can't like it, it can't be a major part like race cannot be a major part in the selection process and the scholarship process etc so, but it was like something that the state of Michigan, I think generally was aware of and being in like a small town in Michigan, people said that all the time. And like as a high schooler, like, yeah, I'm a white guy. Why can't I get scholarships? Like, mm-hmm. but then today, literally the U.S. government released a study of like uh, income gaps from, and this was, has nothing to do with gender. So it's different. But no, going to okay. Aaron's point, like Hispanic people and black people make literally 60, like median income is 60% of white people. Right. So like there is no chance that the opportunities are there and the people that are the reverse racism people, you know, like why? Well, this is making it harder for me. That's not it's just there's no I, real thing there. And I think when it comes down to it partially, like as a white woman, I am much more privileged than plenty of other people out there. Right. Like what I experience may not be as hard as what other people experience. And when you look at something uh, like affirmative action, when people speak out against that, the the really easy, clear-cut answer is that, like, there are systemic issues that stop other people, especially when you're looking at, like, low-income poverty areas of minority races where people aren't given certain opportunities to ever have that success. They don't even have a chance at it. And so if our system and kind of the way that we've built our society is keeping those people down, then yeah, they should have a special program that's focusing on getting them integrated in higher education and kind of alleviating some of that weight that's unfairly been put on them. Like, I I, I guess I can see like what you're saying that, that people would say like, oh, well, what about me? But it's, we, I think, don't necessarily realize the privilege that we have compared to people who have to go through being underprivileged, frankly. The, I mean, the the cl- like the argument that, you, I don't know, I see, I get caught in too many Facebook comment threads, right, or Twitter threads, and just like, I shouldn't, I, I read it, and I ended up having to close out before I get like too mad and, uh, and comment back. But like, the thing is like, well, if it's so bad, like you should leave, or like, it's not as bad as this place, it's not as bad as this That's third world stupid. country. Cool. And it's that not the worst place ever. Yeah, right, so like the, the thing is like, it's it's not equal, right? Like it's it's yeah. not, you That's do not have the same opportunity as me, as like, as a white guy, I have this privilege that I cannot, there's just no way, and it's just luck. I was just born to this family with yep. the skin color. I have nothing, I've done nothing to earn that, and that's, that's crazy that pe- that some people don't understand that it is just random luck. So for these male men to go back to them, they're standing up for 
Men's like, rights. Stupid. But like what specifically? So I don't really get like that. <laughs> like what? So okay, we're we're like kind of an example where it could come into play is that um, there were women who worked at Google. Um, three women who recently sued because one, they felt like they were being paid unfairly, but also they felt like there weren't enough um, or equal uh, advancement opportunities for them. So they they felt like they weren't given the same chances as men were to run projects and do the things and have the experiences that would then lead you to be promoted and raised up within the company. So these men are then saying that, hey, focusing so much on women in tech and trying to cover your bases and make sure that women have these opportunities, now these opportunities are being withheld from us, which they see as a disadvantage, whereas personally, I think that it evens the playing field completely where it's like whoever should have the opportunity based on skill and based on merit should have that opportunity. However, unfortunately, that's not the way that things have gone um, for minorities, including for women. And so there does have to be a little bit of special attention to give people who haven't had that chance or haven't had that voice the opportunity to step up and prove themselves. But basically, yeah, they're, they're seeing the men's rights activists are seeing these efforts uh, as taking away from them while giving to others. So back in the day, when you could be a dumber white man and get into college, there are efforts to make an average person like get the same thing, even though they might be a different color or gender. But like now that dumber white man can't do it, so he's upset. And it's like... Basically, yeah. it's That's that- oversimplifying it a lot, but like... I, I just like it's hard for me to wrap my head around because I just don't understand like that's just so backwards in my mind mind you I wouldn't possibly join the mailman if they were standing <laughs> up for certain things um, one uh, when it's really hot and I get into work I'd like to be able to take my shirt off <laughs> just one thing like I walk in every day sweating and I think that if you know they stood up and like on their agenda that day was like hey for the first 10 minutes of when I get to work I want to be able to take my shirt off. I would join. Can I right? take my shirt off for the first time in this world? I'm every day? I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, okay, what else? Uh, to not feel uncomfortable when I've been sitting for like four straight hours and I stand up to readjust myself. I don't want to have to feel self-conscious about that. Do we make you feel self-conscious about that right now? Well, I look around first. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I've ever noticed We're, you doing that, and we sit across from each other. So. Well, I'm gotten very sly at it, but if I could just do it more out in the open, I would be okay with that. You know, some things are like, yeah, they'd be easier for you, but they make hella people uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, I'm shy. I'm do, do you have right. any others to add, or? No, I think it's the most. Yeah, like, I think okay, the mailmen so, are the most backwards. Really thing quickly, of all no. Time. So the how thing petty with, are those complaints? The thing. I'm, no, I'm no, just no. Kidding. Love the. But the things with mailmen, right? It would be, oh, women get to take their shirts off when they come into work, so now I don't have as many opportunities to. Or women stand up and adjust themselves, so now I don't get the chances to. It's basically by saying that saying by working for equality, we're taking away from them. But really, all it is is adding to people who have not had that level of equality 
previously. And I didn't make mean to make too much light of it. No, but, you like, weren't at all. Like, but I think like I'm just trying <laughs> to like tie it back in. It, no. When I good. said that your complaints were petty, I'm like referring to all of the the mailmen in general. Not to dr- disrespect the USPS. <laughs> I mean, we're we're off the rails. But like, I think Carrie, your general point in the beginning, your question to us was, are like, are we taking it too far? Is there something, like, or is this? Or, you know, what, what, where are we? Because I'm curious about it, right? Like, this is... Women's rights in general is something that I personally care a lot about, clearly. I make you guys listen to me every single week. Mm-hmm. I write about a digest about it every single week. Mm-hmm. It's something that I push a lot. And so it is an interesting question eventually. Like, do we ever take it too far? And am I infringing on your rights in any way by trying to push the rights of women specifically? There's That's the question. a couple things. One, when that clip is played... You said it via Slack earlier today, and I laughed because it was so ridiculous, right? But it is literally some of the arguments that people are making mm-hmm. are very similar to arguments that people are making right now. And those are people that I just can't understand. Rob's saying, I don't understand what they're talking about. So no, I don't think, generally speaking, like pushing the rights of women, right? Like at some point, maybe, maybe there will become a point where things are fully equal but they're like we're not there we you talked about last week or two weeks ago about uh you know the the pay the pay yeah, gap the again gap. right and uh i think maybe last week or again two weeks ago the the google uh pay difference so yep. it's there's no way that it's the same and if these guys can't imagine that a woman could understand what a car is in the same way that a man could like that's an issue and a ceo of gm uh is a is a woman so i don't know like clearly there's still work to be done. Kara, thanks for that conversation. Uh, you write about women in tech all the time and do a weekly roundup of women in tech news, women in tech digest. Uh, where can we find that? Where can we find you on social media? I do. Uh, on social media, I'm at Kara to crowd Kara with a K K A R A, the number two C R O W D. And, um, you can also find, I post all of my digests on LinkedIn as well. Kara again with a K Kennedy. Thank you, Kara. With You're a K, welcome. Kennedy. Uh, moving on to our next segment, it's training and onboarding. We're not generally comfortable in an office setting, I would say. I get cooped up. I won't go into an office that's ever been used before. I am no good before 11 a.m. We haven't done this in a few weeks, but we've got one. Rob's got it this time. So in this segment, we give advice on things that people new to tech uh, or the workplace should know, typically because we found out the hard way. Um, but what do you got this week, Rob? Um, my training and onboarding is going to be uh, more of a gripe session, I suppose. <laughs> uh, it is for those people who you see on the train. People who you work with you see on the train? People who you work with, right? You see coworkers. Maybe you're not that close, right? But like, you might like, hold a conversation with them for a couple minutes in the kitchen. You know what I mean? When you run into them early in the morning, generally on public transportation, don't fucking talk. Sorry. No, don't freaking talk. That was so genuine, though. Don't effing talk. Don't effing talk. Don't talk. Right? Like, it's the most... I'm tired. It's early. You know what I mean? Like, you're very nice. You know what I mean? Like, you're a good person. And holding a conversation is probably what normal people tend to do when they run into somebody out in the wild. <laughs> but early in the morning... Just don't do it. It's just a bad. It's a, it's a bad thing. Does this apply to the commutes home? I know you keep saying morning. I, I do. Feel like this is a little. Uh... Yes, kind of just commute as a whole, but morning specifically because you're tired. Okay, 
On the evenings home, I can definitely relate um, because I will see people I know ride the same train line as me leaving and I wait a couple minutes and hope that the elevators are moving quickly so I don't have to go with that person. Because for me, I'd rather not talk to someone on the way home when I just want to read and decompress and chill out. On the way to work, I don't normally bump into anyone except for Jake. Uh, we like ride the same line. Three different times in like 10 days. But like there, it is kind of like odd though, right? Like, yeah, we're on the same train line that we, but that we would end up at the exact same train at the exact same time on the same car, like is kind of rare. But we are good. If we have spots next to each other, we'll chit chat and we'll talk the whole way. But if it's crowded and we can both sit somewhere else, we're like very, it's we like non-committal. We and we're just like, I'll talk yeah, to you on the walk. Yeah, it's like, I'll see you later. Um, And that's totally fine. I think I ran into someone else from work the other day, right as I was pulling into my station and it was comfortable because it's like let's get off together and we'll walk for the two minutes to work and that's good um but yeah i agree do i want to spend 40 minutes of my morning when i'm pretty asleep talking to someone who's a casual acquaintance not so much i think if it's if it's a good friend and you guys like want to see each other right like if i see any of you guys i'll chat yeah we would chat it's just you me and kara because you guys take a different train line but you know if i happen to see you or someone uh, a close friend i'd talk but I've gotten to the point now where I just leave the headphones on. I was talking to someone about this, but like you feel pressured to at a certain point. It's, and I just, I, I've given up on that because I've had recent uh, issues where I just, I didn't. I took off the headphones, like, hey, how's it going? And then that simple, how's it going, led to me not listening to podcasts, yep. me not reading, yep. me not playing uh, Yahtzee, none of that. Um, and yeah. I want to do all those things. You I have do a not routine. Yeah. Not going to lie. Um, I'll out myself right now and if she listens uh she'll hate me for it but there was one day where I was on the train and I saw Julie get on and I was facing one way and she was facing the other towards me uh and I just pretended like I didn't see her it's so bad no, but I, I will it's, and it's not a Julie thing I love Julie but it's like it's the morning I don't want to talk to anybody the, especially uh, I'm gonna be at work all day I don't want to talk to you I've told Clara this cause I told her the day after I had to tell story for that, that storytelling workshop but i was after at the end of the day i walked to the brown line i had to i was ordering basketball tickets i was fixing something for work i knew i had to like do stuff on the ride home clara was staying there i saw her on the platform i was like we are friends but like we are not the best friends right and she'll admit that and she was fine with it when i told her but i just looked at my phone pretend i didn't see her accidentally gone on the green line rather than the brown line mm-hmm. because I was so <laughs> worried about not looking up. And I like got in. I was like, hmm, this car is different than normal because it's a cattle car rather yeah. than like the uh, the, the brown line. Back, yeah. Very topical for our non-Chicago listeners. Anyway, I didn't realize I was like super west side of Chicago, like 25 oh. minutes deep west side. So Ooh. I ended up, I left early. And we early. already live so far it was away. Green line's not a good line nope. either. It was a Thursday and I like had soccer and I was like, I'm going to have an hour at home because I'm leaving early. I literally, that hour that I thought I was going to get back, I spent on the train because oh. I tried to avoid someone's eye contact. But it means something. Yeah. Like it's worth it. I That's don't know. That's on you. Aaron, have you ever that had a bad, a bad run-in on the L with yeah, someone? Yeah, I had to put my headphones on and sit away from them. But like, did they try to talk to you or were you just kind of like hid? I put my headphones on right when we got on and looked each other in the eyes. <laughs> so <laughs> yesterday when I got on the train, the reason this is on top of my mind Aww. is that I ran into an acquaintance. Not does not work here. Uh, like a friend of my friend, you know what I mean? And yeah. like when like we're out at what you know, if I run in, yeah, like if we're at the same function, we'll talk, we'll have a good conversation. I like this kid, right? He's a good dude, but 
it was 7.30 in the morning and I piled on to an insanely packed train and I got wedged up. And you know when you're like, <laughs> you're like standing, Hate spooning it. people? Yep. We were literally face to face, like so in there. And he just like kept trying to make conversation. Mm. And I was like, bud, you're good, dude. But like, please, like, come on now. That's tough, Even though, me and you're, Rob. You're literally forced. Yeah. You're literally forced to face each other though. Like that. Well, is it more awkward if you don't talk and pretend like you don't see each other at that no, point? No, well, at that, that point close? we had to like discuss, but then like I got my phone out and like he was still trying to, like, trying to make conversation. Mm. But even when Aaron and I ride the train home together, it's like, we'll talk a little bit, but it's also like, yeah, yeah I'm going to read some we things that I didn't get around gauge to Gauge each other's vibes. And yeah. if like people, if you know, if we're not listening, <laughs> I'd watch that. If we're not interested, we don't pursue it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. kind of like uh, I feel that you know. It's kind of why like make Tinder. it awkward? Yeah, if it's just not working, just go your separate ways. We Jake and I do always have chat sessions on our on way, the way home. home. Well, we always 30 chat. We use as a sixty percent of the time we're buzz. So. Yeah, we use as like a budge bish, buzz bish, bish. sesh. Too much alliteration. Uh, but yeah, it definitely depends on the person. Like you guys and three to four of our other coworkers are the only people I would do that with. Everyone else. Love you at work. When I leave, I want that to be my time to just decompress and be done with the day. If you're in a city with public transportation and you're new to workforce or just new to a job or whatever, just play it cool. Don't make eye contact, wear your sunglasses, uh, listen to your podcast. I think, on. honestly, the assumption should be that no one ever wants to talk to anybody ever, right? Yeah, especially early in the morning. Like, that's my one thing. Even on the way play home. It cool. Yeah. So that's training and onboarding. We're on to. Uh, our next segment, uh, again, we haven't done this one in a while, but it's called Shot for Shot. So you did the lime first and then the shot, right? No, 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 good. And how did you guys like the shots? I drank all five, bitch. Uh, this is where we look at some interesting tech articles and see how they compare to our own lives. I'm sure you guys all wanna hear about this. This is a rapid fire round, guys, so get ready. Uh, first one, WhatsApp has been blocked in China. Uh, Kara, what is the one app you'd like blocked in your life? Uh, I would like to block the Starbucks app. I downloaded it recently and it makes it way, way, way too easy to order chais every single morning from the train. I know that I have to order it by Sedgwick and it'll be ready perfectly on time. It's probably making me fat and it's stealing from my wallet. No more Starbucks. No body shaming here. Rob, what's the app that you want to block from your life? Uh, text messaging. Simple. Hey. Just no contact with the outside world, Literally. outside of phone calls. Aaron. Um, Grubhub, because I spend Oof. way too much money. Love Grubhub. Two body shaming apps here oh. for you guys. Uh, on to number two, President Donald Trump wants the Department of Education to commit $200 million every single year to K-12 computer science education. What was your favorite game to play during computer classes? Rob, you're going to start this one. Uh, text Twist. What's Ooh, that? We like Text Twist. Do you remember Text Twist? Yeah. yeah it was like a Yahoo game or something like that. Yep. Uh, it was basically jumble, but you had to make as many words out of the six letters. Oh, you get a bunch of letters, then you make words and, out of them. And in yeah. order to go to the next round, you had to get the six-letter word. Yep. I'm not going to brag or anything, but I was awesome. Aaron, what's your um, tech class? I couldn't think of the name of it. Um, one was uh, later in school. It was like a, um, a raptor of sorts that had a jetpack, and you had to collect a raptor? eggs. Yes. 
Like a dinosaur? Oh, is it like one of those games where you had to like fly through the uh, no, no, like no. The, the helicopter and like don't hit like the stalactites or the stalagmites? <laughs> no, um, it wasn't. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but my next game <laughs> is not too far off. It's very arcade. Avalanche. Oh, it was like an addicting games game. Oh, I remember it. Yeah, played yeah. it all the time during information processing, which was yeah. my typing class in high school. Nice. Uh, Carol, what's your game of choice in uh, computer class? feel like i went way too old school jake might be the one to remember this uh anybody remember number munchers <laughs> listening come on Carol. like seven <laughs> or six <Eight>? and nine <laughs> um nine six and nine definitely six and nine definitely the number, number munchers, munchers was a game the- number munchers was a game where uh again on like super super old computers because i am super super old um, you would. <laughs> Me too. You. Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> Hard ass. Four, this three, two, one. <laughs> Twenty nine. Yeah. Uh, basically, also like a year and a half older than me. Basically, the premise with Number Munchers was it was like a grid. This was probably second grade. Uh, when there was a legitimate computer lab because we didn't have computers in our classroom. But it was like a grid with numbers on it. They would give you an equation at the top of the screen and you had to go around and have a little character eat or munch all of the numbers that could satisfy uh, that answer. I knew that Number Munchers was going to get some shit. I thought everyone else was going to say Oregon Trail because that would have been my number one choice. But maybe you guys aren't cool enough i never played I always got school. cholera Ooh, i, I did always uh, got that was cholera. a big or, computer lab class that was in my uh in skokie during elementary school definitely played some, some oh, ot totally yeah, and that was when ot2 com- was what i played at home ot4 was terrible I mean, yeah no organ i played the first one organ but in class because i was yeah, 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 yeah in, yeah, in computer lab for it was sure. one of the like three games that came standard on our computer yeah that's like computer lab was you'd go for like an hour and a half and just get to play computer games it was awesome but number munchers was cool there was a classic there's also a word munchers so moving on yes. but uh I, check uh, those bad boys out in uh in high school the game we played was family feud there was an online uh, there's online family Feud. We got very very good at that uh we didn't do a great job at rapid fire let's move on to number three uh, I wasn't calling you out. I love the conversation and your number munchers, Kara. Uh, Uber says it will pull out. Nice. Of Canada's Quebec <laughs> province after tough regulations were passed. What is one thing you'd like to uh, get out of or pull out of, perhaps? Uh, besides Aaron. Jake, uh, parking <laughs> tickets. Ooh, I have two. You get a lot? Yeah. I, like, I don't Street know. cleaning? Yeah. One, um, yes, but also I forgot to get my emissions checked and I couldn't get my oh, sticker thing renewed. I got two tickets in two days. Mine, mm-hmm. I had the exact same thing where I didn't get it and then your registration yep. literally one day without the city sticker I got it. Mine Brutal. kept failing. There's one right by us. I did it now. Kara? Mm. Uh, I said the five day work week. I think everyone knows that it should be four days long and we should have a three day weekend. Uh, let's get out of that. Perfect. Rob? Uh, family obligations. <laughs> That's just depressing. <laughs> I don't okay. know. Anything yeah. you want to get out of specifically? I don't know. There's you just think Jewish about holidays coming up and stuff like that. Mm. I, I don't think mm. I'm doing anything for them, but if I am, I'm going to be like belated happy Rosh Hashanah. Somewhat disappointed. All right, on to the That's fourth. Dark. Uh, <laughs> Super dark. Shot for shot. Yeah, I would be talking to my mom on the phone, but I'm not going to get that <laughs> real. Like. <laughs> Twitter's experiment. Uh. <laughs> Twitter's experimenting it with a 280 did. character limit. Double its current 140 character limit. What's one thing in your life you'd like to double 
Back to you, Kara. Uh, I got weird. I said episodes of The Office, but good ones. Like episodes or seasons one through eight, but... You think eight's good? Uh, one through seven. When does okay. Michael Scott leave? Seven. And a seven? Okay. One through seven, but double them. Just give me twice the awesomeness of those seasons, uh, and it would give me twice as much to watch on repeat on Netflix. I like that a lot. Rob? Uh, time to sleep. Mm, that's a good one. Is that that's based good. on just last night or overall? This is kind of the current mood that I'm in. I say time to sleep, but time that I actually stay asleep. Ooh, yeah, that big. would be good. That's big. Yeah, yeah. actually the sleeping old, through the time you're supposed to sleep yeah, would be huge. Yeah, that would be good. The old waking up at 4.30 a.m. and reading the news is uh, big on that. actually sleeping. Why? Is, is, that a thing? is that an age thing? Because the three of us are big on that. Do, Aaron, do you sleep through the night? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, you sure? Yes. How many times do you wake Okay, that's fine. Uh, How many times do you wake up to pee? I don't pee. To pee, not that much. I just at least muscle, once. You know, but at least you, once but do you, all around, do, wake up. And... How many times in the middle of the night are you actually sitting up, getting your phone, like doing something on your phone? I know that if I grab my phone, I'm going to be up for at least half hour. That's smart. I'm a, I'm a one timer, but I wake up at two thirty. Uh, can't for fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. For your dentist appointment. For my dentist appointment, early morning. Uh, get that out of the way. Then, <laughs> then. Uh, <laughs> They're all dabbing like assholes. Sorry. Um, wake up early for my dentist appointment, get it out of the way, and then I'm up for at least an hour and a half just dicking Brandy. around on my phone. It sucks. So, yeah, I, that's, that's I a consistent... I wake up and dick around pretty frequently. <laughs> <laughs> Same. All right. Uh, Rob, what's uh, one thing you'd like to double in your life? Thank you, Kara. Um... I oh, you said I suppose we could do another segment on it, but uh, Aaron, what's one thing you'd like to double in your life? The number of Thai foods in my neighborhood, Thai food restaurants in my neighborhood. Ooh. One is good, but th- I order the same thing most times, and the guy knows me now, and he's like, "Oh, are you get the the pad to you." I'm like, "Yeah." I love pad to you yeah, though. Pad so good. Okay, my you order. You go to Urban Vegan. I go to Asylum uh, Twelve. I don't mm, know that one. Urban Vegan's good. right down the block from me. There's one close to you guys, right by like Hollywood Girl, so it's like not super close. Oh, so it's a chain. Um, but no, there's just two of them. Pants you, bomb there. Okay. Uh, real quick, I ordered Thai food last night. The same mm-hmm. place, Levi and I both love it. Foes, spicier Thai cuisine. It's in Lakeview. You can get it on Uber. Pho. Foes. Foes. It's different. Is that Fuzz. on a Fuzz. 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 I'm not sure. I get it at Uber Eats. Uh, shout out Uber Eats. But great Tom Yum soup. Great fried rice. Like Tom Yum. Yeah, yeah meat, Tom, Tom Yum is Are they my... vegan? Your spot? No. My I spot's just ate vegan. Beef. Yeah, well, why would I want that? No, I yeah, want yeah, yeah, chicken on my pet to you. On to our final segment. This one is not about Thai food. This one is called Pour One Out. How do you know that that bird was dead? Did you check? It's breathing? Well, it's obvious. One for me. And one for my homies. It's a new one, guys. I'm scared. So in Pour One Out, we're going to we're going to do this at the end of each month to remember the tech companies that have closed their doors over the past 30 to 31 days, 28 in February, I suppose. Uh, one person each month, this time it's Aaron, uh, will compile a list of the startups that closed and write short eulogies for each of them, uh, then someone else, and I believe this time it's going to be Kara yeah. if she has some wine to get ready, mm-hmm. uh, will read those eulogies without having seen the list beforehand. Uh, this is our end uh, memoriam to, to close tech startups. Here is Pour One Out. Kara, can you open that for us? Opening the doc. Um, if you guys don't know, 
I am really, really good at not laughing, so let's roll. Do we have a little... <laughs> oh, this is like my most emotional no, song. I just saw Stevie Nicks not that long ago. It was really emotional. This is her closing song. All right. <clears throat> R.I.P. Fat Wallet. Really? Fat Wallet? 1999 to 2017. Fat Wallet is no more. <laughs> Lazy cheapskates across the nation may need jobs now. Thanks, Obama. That's so tough. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to sing the song. Okay. Mesh Fire, 2012 to 2017. Social AI startup Mesh Fire is closing, proving there's no place for intelligence on the web. Juicero. 2013 to 2017. Lived on by his cousin, the blender. <laughs> Juicero will be missed. My life around you. Time is older. Children get older. I'm getting older. Juicero will be missed. Your $700 will not be. I don't even know how to say this one. I'm going to say Kanoa. Kanoa. Are you trying to pronounce quinoa? Kanoa. 2015 to 2017. Deemed the, quote, fire festival of earbuds, unquote. Kanoa was a crowdfunded headphone company and asked for $150 donations. They received many... But Kenna won got their headphones. I helped with that one. I made her children get older and I'm getting older. Alright, I got this last one. You wanna do the last one? Yeah. Okay, all you. Touch. Twenty seventeen to twenty seventeen. Oof. The Chinese company that offered shared sex dolls for just forty five dollars a night has closed. Their disappointed founder stated, our intention was for more people to experience erotic fun. <laughs> Instead of rubbing one out, we're pouring one out. <laughs> Rest in peace. Also. Rub in peace. I believe that means. Rub in peace. <laughs> I, I feel like. I feel like the fact that their. Their founder was the only one disappointed. I didn't say only. Can you disappoint a robot? Also, I'm kind of convinced that like one day in the future, we're gonna look back and somebody's gonna have like a touch robot the same way that people have like typewriters, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, you used to use that," or maybe that's just a flashlight. I can't decide. <laughs> This was one of the first sex bots around. <laughs> to me, yeah. I, I don't think the problem with touch. Vintage. I don't think there's. What problem. I back in my day, we used to fuck robots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Still do. I don't think the problems with effing robots. I think it's that they <gasps> were. I think it's it was like a rental experience that was shared. So you're effing a robot someone else effed oh, two nights before. I don't like that. That's we don't want to be the, the first problem. one. Why do you think it's only forty five and? Yeah, gotta break it in. Yeah, be the one to break it in. Forty five and through it, and all the feelings that the robot's gonna have. Forty five and I couldn't you just get a hooker? 
Yeah. These things probably for an hour or two, maybe 145. You can bleach a robot, you can't bleach a person with potential diseases. Yeah, not true. Since the Beatles, okay. So, this is the end of our podcast. <laughs> Holy cow! Woo! We knew we got a little weird before. <laughs> this is closing time. It's only seven o'clock, guys. I know, and we're already talking about anal bleaching. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Michael? Show Tim Too this late one. If you ask me. So, guys, before we go, uh, we're gonna evaluate what we drank this episode. Uh, it's been a long one for once in my life. Nice. Um, so, what we brought? I brought a bottle of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc. Blanc. Uh, what are you saying? Go that way. Oh, uh, it's a it's a 2016. It's from Marlboro. Uh, region in, uh, I believe, New Zealand. New if I remember Zealand, correctly. Are you using your New Zealand um, accent for that one? No. Oh, yeah. Can you do it though? <laughs> All right. That's Australian. Uh, do they oh, it's different? the same. Uh, <laughs> uh, Aaron, what did you what did you think about that one? It was okay. Uh, I yeah, didn't British. like it very much. I had like a few sips and gave mine away to Kara. Credit for a nice three one two. Um, I don't know. It's kind of sweet and taste remind me of like what I imagine pee would taste like. <laughs> nice. Listening. Uh, Rob, what did you think of our Sauvignon Blanc? Uh, I don't think it was quite pea flavored. <laughs> Rob knows. <laughs> yeah, from experience. Um, our golden boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the dumbest one we've ever done. Uh, <laughs> um, so the Sauvignon Blanc was a little too sweet for me. Um, I'm not a huge uh, sweet white wine fan. I like dry white wine. Um, I'm also just not a huge white wine person. Well, we don't see color in this podcast. Kara, uh, what did you think of the Kim Crawford? Uh, when it comes to wine, I do see color. I am a big white wine person. Mm. Uh, I drink a lot of white wine. white wine supremacist? <laughs> <laughs> I do drink a lot of white wine. Uh, I'm typically, though, Pinot Grigio would be uh, my main choice. Lady Gaga's Grigio Girls really speaks to I me. I love that song. It's so damn catchy. If you, have, I feel like, Jake, I feel like you would love it. I haven't heard it. Yes, you have. Ooh, Grigio Girls. We'll listen to it right after we end. We'll talk about it next week. Um, very good. Also, Lady Gaga uh, has a documentary out on Netflix, Five Foot Two. Very good also. Recommend watching. I think she's a very interesting person. I really like her. Uh, back to the wine. Normally drink a Pinot Grigio or like Chardonnay. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc is not my go-to. It is a little sweet um, and a little tart for me. But I drank my glass, commandeered Aaron's glass, and drank that. And then I took Rob's and also am almost finished with that. So she's my trash um, queen. I'm your trash queen. Can't uh, fight it that much. It's... Good enough for me to drink. Dope. <laughs> Back to you, Jay. Uh, I also don't drink this sweet of, of white wine, but literally when you pull it up to your mouth, you can smell. You mm-hmm. can like literally smell the sugars hitting sweet. your face. Um, but it doesn't, some of the wine, like some Sauvignon Blanc that you uh, may taste, I honestly feel like your teeth feel bad afterwards. They're so sweet, you know? Or some yeah. sweet white wines. Um, I don't get this sense. The tart is definitely it's there. It's more tart than sweet. Which is more tart good. Than sweet. If I'm going to drink something sweet like this. Um, it's a white. Um, I like it. 
Uh, I'm happy. I'm, ha- I'm happy. I'm happy with this bottle of 2016. Um, it was good for Kim Crawford. Anyway, that's good for nobody. That wine review was terrible. Bye, Kim uh, Crawford. Th- if you like tart wine. Um. Well, Kim, if you want to sponsor the podcast, hit us up. That's it for this episode of Tech and Tequila. Rob can finally get to bed. Uh, you can find episodes of the show every single week. They're on iTunes. They're on SoundCloud. You can also help us by rating and reviewing the podcast. You know, drop that subscribe. Drop that five star. Nice comment. Uh, this is a reminder that our company, G2 Crowd, uh, it's the world's leading business software and reviews ser- services review site. More than 225,000 verified reviews. Have a good night, y'all. Son Schindler's wine list. That was so over. <laughs>